Greetings, everyone. You're tuned in to another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Rayshard Pinkney. I want you to get close and get your Bibles and follow me in the scripture. And let's have a conversation that matters. What does it mean that a man is only appointed twice to die? Once to die and then the judgment. So once Lazarus died, then why did he have to die again if it was appointed unto man only once to die? Well, we have the scripture where Lazarus had to die again. So then what's the meaning of the scripture where it is appointed unto man once to die. That is Hebrews 9 and 27. Hebrews 9 and 27. Well, I like to say that uh, concerning Lazarus uh, having to die twice, the scripture does not bear record of Lazarus dying a second time. However, we can be assured that Lazarus did in fact die um, again. How, you know, there's no Lazarus that's around here today that's 2,000 years old. But Lazarus died twice. But Lazarus did not die the second death. Let me say that again. Lazarus did die twice. So he died one time and we can uh, be assured that Lazarus died another time. However, you cannot be for certain that Lazarus died the second death. I want to talk about this here. So then, Lazarus was an example of somebody that is brought back to life and is given another chance to live a fleshly life. Because there's two types of deaths. There's a spiritual death, and then there is a natural death. The appointment that every man must make, for the scripture says, appointed unto man once to die. The appointment that every man must make is every man must make the natural death appointment. That is by way of fleshly body death or you are fleshly being and that fleshly being must incur a death. But every man, woman, boy, and girl must die the natural death. That natural death is what Lazarus incurred. That's what uh, Jesus came and he had redeemed. He redeemed Lazarus from a natural death. So Lazarus did die a natural death and we can assume that he died a second natural death just based on natural life. For the scriptures say that the life of all flesh is blood. So we can be assured that he did have to die again. But the scriptures say that it is appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment. The appointment that God have set up for every man, woman, boy, and girl that come into this world as a flesh human being is that you must die a natural death. 
It was not intended from the beginning for you to die, but ever since the sin of Adam had been imputed into this world, now every man, woman, boy, and girl must incur a fleshly death. That is, the scriptures say that the life of all flesh is blood. So meaning right now we live, our bodies live off of blood. Well, you must incur a death where you no longer live off of blood. Whether that be we lay you down in the grave or when Jesus come back, the scriptures say we shall not all sleep, but it say we shall all be changed in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. So you might not lay down in the grave, but you will and you have to incur a natural death. The reason for the incurrence or that you must have this natural death occur is because the Jesus lesson is that you must be born again. When you become born again, born again means that God put a second existence within you. That second uh, existence that's within you is a spiritual existence. Huh? Everybody that is born again, you're no longer living off of your natural fleshly man only. You are also living off of the spiritual man, which is the inward man, and that is your spiritual inward part. Now, we understand that you must incur a natural death. Huh? So the natural death is a fleshly death. It is a physical body death, and we cannot escape that. Huh? You can get Botox. You can go and be a vegan. You can do all the things you can to preserve the life of the flesh, but it will not stop the fact that you must incur a fleshly body death. Amen. But then the spiritual death, I like to talk about the spiritual death. This spiritual death is the separation from God. That's what a spiritual death is. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When you incur a spiritual death, that means that you have been separated from God. Huh? And if you really understand what a spiritual death is, you don't want to incur that. If you really understand what a spiritual death is, you don't want this to happen to you. Huh? This is where... You once used to have a God part. You once used to have a godly connection, a godly internal existence, but now you no longer have that. Well, if you no longer have that, that means the only thing you have to live by is the life of the flesh. Huh? And the scripture teaches us that they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh, and that is a life of death. The flesh is a life of death, meaning that the only destination for the flesh is death. That's all flesh can look forward to. This is why when they're living in this world, they try to accumulate all that they can. Huh? But when you die, you can't take nothing that you accumulated with you. It get passed down. It get, it get, um, you know, somebody else come and get it. The government come and get it. That's all you have to look forward to when you live in a life of the flesh. And that's why the scripture teaches us that if you, meaning people that know and have the will of God within them, it says if you only have hope 
in this life, you of all men are most miserable. It did not say you only had to have one hope, but it said if you only have hope in this life, it said you of all men is most miserable. So then just having a fleshly existence is not what God's people ought to be striving for. Huh? Striving to get money, striving to get houses, striving to get land, striving to get property. That's good if you can do that within the confines of your responsibility of worship. But you don't want to leave your responsibility of worship to go after anything that pulls you away from God. Because after death, huh? after you die, you got to go into something called judgment. Let me let me talk to you a little bit. You have to go into something called judgment. And if you go into this thing called judgment and all you have is the fleshly life to show God, if all you have is the fleshly life that God is going to look at, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is designed to, to be set up on this earth after death. Hmm? So after death, Huh? When they put you in the ground, your family cry, walk away from that barrier, walk away from that casket, and you're lying there. Huh? They think, you may think, that is over. But there is a judgment after that day of death. And after that day of death, if you do not have the spirit of Christ, he say, for they that don't have my spirit, he say, they're none of mine. Uh, we always tell you about Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Um, he said, if you don't have these, he said, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is after you die. So after death, if you do not have that spiritual existence, then all you have is the life of the flesh. Living by your blood. Huh? Some people, all they have is their family bloodline. And when their family bloodline fail them, then now they have nothing else to live for. This is what God come to give man. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. He said, for there is the kingdom of heaven. God come to give everybody that have a poor spirit. What you mean? Poor spirit, meaning I lack, I don't have. Well, let me give you a newsflash. Every woman, boy, girl, man that came into this world, you came into this world poor in spirit. Huh? You're not John the Baptist. You came into this world without the spirit of God. The spirit of God is given to you after you obey God. Huh? So then when you come into this world, you come in poor in spirit. But the scriptures say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Because God have made a provision, a way for you to receive the spirit so that you don't have to be poor without lacking. Amen. So I must let you know this, that this is the reason that God ordained our fleshly lives. Listen to me. This is the reason God ordained our fleshly lives. Our fleshly lives are here. Our fleshly lives are in place. Our fleshly lives are, um, are mandatory for us to work out our salvation because the way that you live your fleshly life will determine where your spiritual existence and destination will finally be. Let's look at Luke 16, 
verse 20. Let's start there. Luke 16 and verse 20. Now, this is a separate Lazarus, okay? This is a separate Lazarus. This Lazarus is the beggar. Huh? This Lazarus is the beggar. The other Lazarus had them sisters that came to get Jesus and tell Jesus that my brother would not have died if you would have been here. But this Lazarus is the beggar. I want to show you the purpose of your fleshly life. The purpose of your fleshly life is that you may determine where your spiritual destination, your eternal destination will be. All right. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Now you see right here in verse 22, both men have died. So the fleshly life have stopped. Fleshly life. That is the appointed for unto man once to die. The fleshly life have stopped for both men, rich man and Lazarus. Now if all you think life is is in the flesh, then you can close the book. But if you live by the book, the book teaches their life after the flesh. That's the eternal life. And every soul and all men that's alive have a soul. Thank God he blessed them. And he said he breathed in the man's nostril and man became a living soul. Well, the first man, Adam, the scripture teaches, was a living soul. Huh? The first man, Adam, was a living soul. The scripture teaches that the second man, Adam, is a quickening spirit. Huh? So a living soul, he lived by the flesh. He he functioned by the flesh. Um, I want to come back to that. But if I could teach on it just a second. Adam experienced both deaths. Lazarus, uh, that we are talking about, Lazarus experienced just the fleshly death. We don't have record of Lazarus experiencing the spiritual death. We only have record of Lazarus experiencing the fleshly death, which is the natural death. Huh? So Lazarus experienced the fleshly death, but we have our forefather, Adam, who experienced the spiritual and the natural death. The first and the second death. From God. Now this is God talking. And I want to start at verse 16. Matter of fact. Genesis 2 and 16. It says. And the Lord God commanded the man. Saying of every tree of the garden. Thou mayest freely eat. But the tree. Of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest. Thereof. Thou shalt surely die. All right. I want you to see this here. God told Adam in the. 
I'm sorry, in the day that you eat of the tree, he said, you shall surely die. Okay? He said, you shall surely die the day that you eat of the tree. Now, do anybody know or have anybody pay attention that Adam ate of that fruit uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Adam ate of it, and Adam did not die right then. Matter of fact, Adam did not die on that particular day. Now, I have to ask you a question. Was God lying? When he told Adam in the day that you eat of the tree, he said, you shall surely die. Well, Adam did not die in that day. How do you know that preacher? Well, because Adam had sons, Cain and Abel. The scripture also teaches that Adam lived to be 930 years old. So did God lie? No, you got to understand the two deaths, the spiritual and the natural death. And that so look here, go to Genesis 5 and 5. God told him in the day that you eat of it, he said, you shall surely die. Huh? The day that you eat of it, he said, you shall surely die. And then we go to Genesis 5 and 5, and it says this. And all the days that Adam lived were 900 and 30 years, and he died. <laughs> Good God of mine. So Adam lived 930 years after disobeying God, and then he died. Because, see, the scripture didn't keep track of Adam's age before he sinned, because the fleshly death was not implemented. Man was designed, he was created to live forever, to live for eternity, but God had a purpose for Adam. So Adam was a predestinated creation. That's why he wasn't born. Adam was created. He was created as a predestinated plan that God would set out so that mankind would know God's will. If God just let Adam live and never put the tree there, then you would say that Adam was forced to believe God. You would say that Adam had no choice to believe God, but God put the tree in the midst of the garden and gave man a choice. He said, you do not eat of this tree. He gave him a commandment and Adam, good God Almighty, with a holy flesh, he had a holy flesh. Adam didn't have all this sin that me and you was born into this world with the cancers and the AIDS and the, all these different things that people have come into this world with. Adam didn't have that. Adam was the first man. Huh? But Adam couldn't keep one law. And here people live today in 2023 trying to keep all 10 of them. And here this man Adam could not keep one law. And he was a holy created being. God Almighty. Uh, that's why I believe in Jesus. So Adam was told by God in the day that you eat of this tree, he said, you will die. You will surely die. Huh? Now, I want to show you this here. I want to show you when Adam died. Listen to this. God told him in the day that you eat of this tree, he said, you shall surely die. God meant what he said. But you got to pay attention to which death Adam incurred. Huh? You got to pay attention to which death three and four. Listen to this. It say, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die.
For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to be to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves an apron. Okay, I'm going to talk about that, but I want to read this next verse here. Verse 10, go to verse 10. Good God of mine. Verse 9, we'll go to verse 9. And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Well, I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. <laughs> now, Adam only had one person in the world to blame, and he did it. <laughs> and now me and you got plenty of people to blame, so you know flesh going to blame. Flesh going to blame. But whether you blame or not, God gave you the commandment. If God give you a commandment, you are required to keep it. If God give you his word, you are required to live by it. I don't care if your preacher don't live by it. I don't care if your church don't live by it. If God give you his word, you are required to live by it. This is why death after judgment is so crucial because if all it was is death, then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't seek to please God because once I die, that's it. But there's an eternal life after death that you must seek God. Every eye going to have to go before God. Every person going to have to sit before God and they're going to have to be judged for the things that they did and did not do. This is the thing that God is going to judge you by. He's going to judge you by the word that he gave to us to keep his word, to believe his word. Huh? So, God has So right here is where Adam died. If you notice, God didn't return to speak until Adam ate of the fruit. Huh? When Eve ate it, the scripture continued. But when Adam ate of it, God came back and God had some questions for the man that he gave the commandment to. And the scriptures say Eve was deceived into transgression, meaning she was beguiled. She uh, she was tricked. But it say Adam, he was not deceived. So then what Adam did, Adam was weak. He disobeyed God because of his weakness for the love of the woman that he was with. But he was not he was not ignorant. He knew God's will because God, the one told him he told Eve. So he knew full well not to eat of it. But he disobeyed weak. Uh, that was the first man, Adam. The first man, Adam, disobeyed, and therefore, he made it hard for everybody that came after him. His disobedience made it hard for everybody that come after him. This is where Adam died, a spiritual death. Good God of mine. God told Adam, in the day that you eat of this 
tree. He said you will surely die. Adam died in that very day. Huh? Do you hear me? Adam died in that day. This is why God had to put Adam out of the garden. God put Adam out of the garden because Adam lived because he was in the garden. But God put him out of the garden. That way he couldn't get back to the tree of life. Huh? The tree of life is where he got his life from. So God separated him from the tree of life. And therefore, Adam could no longer live by the spirit. God cast Adam out of the garden because the garden was where life was at. God made the Garden of Eden, a spiritual paradise. There was no flesh there. There was no time there. Everything there was eternal. Huh? When you read down to the verse uh, 23, Genesis 3 and 23, it says, Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I meant to read verse 22. And the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the tree of life, Adam would have lived forever. So that's why God cast him out of the garden. Huh? Okay. So that was the spiritual death of Adam. So as you see, Adam lived 930 years after being put out of the garden. He kept having his family. He, he had kids. Huh? But he was disconnected from God. The spiritual death that you don't want to happen to you is you don't want God to stop talking to you. You don't want God to stop speaking to you. And he speaks to you by his word. And he tells you what his will is by his word. But if he ever casts you away, if he ever spew you out of his mouth, his word won't have no effect on you. His word won't be able to reach you. huh? And that's a dangerous life. But look, Adam lived 930 years. Some of us are looking to live a long time. But what does it matter if you live a long time and you still don't make it to the eternal place with God? Huh? So we're going to go back to our uh, Lazarus story that I was telling you about. So the eternal place with God is to live with him in his kingdom. The heavenly kingdom of God is where you want to live. That's why you strive. Because if all you did was die, then that would be great. But there's life after death. There's judgment after death. But there's another place that is eternal also. And that eternal place, if you was paying attention, we was reading Luke 16. And we'll start at verse 23. Luke 16, verse 23. So we read about how Lazarus and the rich man, they both died. And this story, Lazarus is the beggar. It say, verse 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. 
So that's the rich man in hell, and uh, Lazarus is in uh, Abraham's bosom. And he cried and said, Father, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. I want to. I want you to see that there. So that's the purpose of your fleshly life now. Uh, after Adam's sin, the purpose of your fleshly life is that you will give your spiritual life a permanent destination. If you make the wrong choice, which is to disobey the word of God, then your permanent destination is hell. God's word, repent them. Remember? In your lifetime, that you didn't do what God said, huh? That's the second, and the after second death, huh? The second death is when you have been dismissed from God, separated from God. This is why I believe Jesus Christ did not desire to die. Jesus said Himself, He said. Lo, I come in the volume of the books that are written to me to do thy will. So he came into this world to do the will of his father. Huh? That body that God created, that his spirit would work and be an example for us, knew that the destination for that body was to die. That was not a surprise. Calvary was not a surprise to Jesus. Jesus knew he was going to have to die. Huh? For that was the requirement to redeem man back is to atone the atonement of blood. God already had that plan. The atonement of blood was already in the plan. The thing that Jesus did not want to do more than anything, it wasn't the beatings. Jesus took the beatings. Huh? Jesus was able to stand against those governments and say, you don't have no power except that which my father give of you. Huh? They tried to help Jesus carry his cross. Huh? Jesus was not accepting of the help that they tried to give him on the cross. They saw Jesus hanging on the cross. His mother was crying. He said, don't cry for me. He said, cry for your children. Jesus was not worried about the things that his flesh body, his natural life had to endure. He was not worried about that. The thing that I'm telling you that Jesus was so, good God of mine, that had him so uneasy was that he was going to have to be separated from his father. Good God Almighty. Huh? So much so that he said, Eli, Eli, lay my sabbathini. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He didn't want to be separated from his father. That was the thing that Jesus Christ was more so worried about. He wasn't worried about the things of the flesh that we worry about. Who going to get my house? Who going to get my car? Jesus was worried about being separated from the Father. And that's what I'm telling you today. Huh? It's appointed unto man once to die. So make preparation for that first death. Get your life insurance. Do the things that you need to do in order to be naturally set. But you better make sure that you're spiritually set. Because they that have not the spirit of Christ. He said, you're none of his. And this will make you have the second death, the spiritual death. 
God disconnecting himself from you where you won't be able to live forever. There you have it. You just heard another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Ray Shot, and if you would like to hear these sessions live and in person, email me at letstalkjesus at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay blessed.